The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 180th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Well, I'm back from Dallas, and my highlight of the week is, of course, covering the first ever college football playoff national championship at Jerry World in Dallas on Monday night with Ohio State beating Oregon to get the first ever CFP National Championship. And my first thought is mark the calendar for the second Monday in January because it's a new American sporting tradition, much like the Super Bowl. It was just an awesome event. I saw where it was... uh, Largest audience and highest rated cable television show ever. Well deserved. I wasn't surprised. And it was just a tremendous weekend, but a tremendous day. I'll talk about the day first. Uh, The game day energy was simply off the charts. Uh, Took the media bus out from the hotel. Got there six hours. Repeat, six hours before kickoff. And it was great because I just... Got to tour AT&T Stadium, i.e. Jerry World, which was simply awesome. There's no other way to say it. And I needed every bit of that six hours to explore the stadium. Again, it was great energy. Everybody preparing, all the workers, security, what have you. Setting up um, souvenir stands, the restaurants, all of it. And uh, so really, uh, just a spectacular venue. I've never, nicest one I've ever seen in my life, to put it mildly. And so the build-up throughout the day, again, there's the ESPN booths throughout the stadium where they're broadcasting live shows from. 
So it was just really a great sort of buildup that just minute by minute grew and grew and grew. And then they opened the gates at 5.30, two hours before kickoff, which was 7.30 Dallas time. And then it just got completely uh, off the charts. The excitement, the energy, as the Ohio State and the Oregon fans just poured in there. It ended up being uh, over 85,000 people were in the house for the game. And it was just uh, the sound. I was fortunate enough to have been given a great auxiliary press box seat, which was up on a high level, but it was open air, so I could hear the crowd. And the sound was just cascading upward. I had the entire Ohio State contingent, which was probably about 60%, 40% in favor of Ohio State. Uh, Buckeye Nation travels very well, to put it mildly, if not the best in the country. So it was just uh, red on one side of me, green and gold on the other. And again, the sound, the excitement, especially building to kickoff and whatnot, uh, and throughout the game was just uh, immense, among the best I've ever heard in my life at any sporting event. I was, I was at the 95 Rose Bowl. Penn State against Oregon, so I was familiar with uh, green and gold uh, filling basically half the stadium. Seen that before with a, with close to 100,000 people, and uh, so I felt very comfortable in that environment. The game itself, it was great. Uh, lots of exciting plays, turnovers. Watching Oregon run their offense was spectacular. I mean, you, you just literally could not uh, even glance away for a second. There was times I would look down at the program, what have you. I'd look up, and they were running a play again. It was just the fastest thing I've ever seen. But did not result in a victory. Ohio State, uh, you know... Like we've seen in the NFL playoffs in the past, you know, just a team on a roll. No other way to say it. Uh, unstoppable. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, just uh, a beast. Over 250 yards rushing, broke the championship record. Uh, dominant player in the game, MVP of the game. And just uh, an unbelievable combination of size, speed, moves. Uh, the way he burst through that line, and next thing you know, he's like literally crossing the goal line, uh, was truly something to behold. Uh, serious talent there, and he's only a sophomore. So uh, it was just special. It truly felt special. There's just something about the fact that it was the first ever that made, that made it seem uh, unique. So everybody brought it, and I mean everybody. Just uh, There was just an excitement from every person in that stadium, like the, just part of something historic, myself included. Thrilled to be there. Everybody seemed to feel that way. And, uh, you know, just a tremendous, tremendous evening of national championship football. doesn't get any better than that. It's just that simple. Uh, top five in my lifetime, easy for sports events that I've attended in person, period. End of story. So it wasn't only the game. It was the entire weekend. Um, you know, the college football 
playoff organization just really set a new standard for handling the media. They had this CFP, College Football Playoff app, that just had all the information right there. Uh, they were sending us texts constantly, such as, you know, shuttle leaves in an hour to this event or that event. So it was just, again, impressive throughout the game. Um, you know, sending us texts with, you know, first quarter stats and whatnot. It was really, really, uh, you know, watching media relations truly move into the technology age, you know, in real time, you know, minute by minute. And it was really cool to be a part of it. And speaking of cool, the highlight of the game for me and probably the weekend was uh they allowed the media down on the field for the last five minutes so i took the elevator down and with five minutes to go in the game there we were uh escorted out to the field so i got to stand in the ohio state end zone just literally feet away from where ohio state scored the final touchdown with a little about a minute to go in the game uh, happened right in front of me I, I, i'm talking 15 feet uh from where I crossed the goal line, I was literally uh, right there beside the black Ohio State end zone, black with the Ohio State red in the middle. And, uh, you know, it was right there on TV when I, I DVR'd it, and there there I was. And uh, so to see college football at its highest level up close from 15, 20 feet away, the plays being run, the excitement of Ohio State players, both on the sidelines beside me, a little further up, but in the end zone right in front of me, was unforgettable. You know, they knew they were about to win the national championship. Serious emotion. Uh, you'd have thought the game was tied the way Oregon was doing everything they could to stop them, and Ohio State was doing everything they could to score. There was no, you know, victory formation feel to it whatsoever. It was super intense in that very last Ohio State offensive series. And, uh, you know, I felt lucky, lucky to just be part of it. Um, so, yeah, just, again, a night to remember. But, again, throughout the weekend, it was awesome. Treated the media wonderfully. They held the media party at Gillies, uh, the legendary uh, country western bar. There was three concerts over the weekend. Friday night was Toby Keith and Lady Antebellum at the convention center where they held the uh, playoff fan central, uh, very similar to the NFL experience at the Super Bowl. So that was very impressive. A lot of fun. Uh, Saturday night was Lenny Kravitz at the American Airlines Center where the Dallas Mavericks and Dallas Stars play. Sunday night was Sting, again at the American Airlines Center. And... Uh, so, again, shuttles down to these concerts that were, you know, open to the media to attend. So it was just, again, tremendous. The media center itself, first class all the way. So just uh, very impressive. Uh, thanks to, you know, the public relations and media efforts headed up by Gina Leahy and Lauren Lanier. Incredible. So my bizarre story of the week was just the aftermath with Ohio State quarterback Cardell Jones, you know, capping off his now legendary three-game run to come from a third-string uh, 
quarterback, complete anonymity to a national champion. It's bizarre because you just cannot make this stuff up. And it even ended, or not ended, but, you know, developed into yesterday where, you know, he was going to make his announcement uh, whether or not he was going to go to the NFL. It was a press conference held at his, you know, local high school in downtown Cleveland. And, you know, he announced, of course, he was staying. I uh, give him a lot of credit for that. And, uh, you know, whatever works for him, that's what he should do. I'm a big believer. Don't pass up uh, millions of dollars, so to speak. But uh, if that's what you want to do, if that's what works for you. So his decision was great. He clearly takes school uh, seriously. So, but, you, you know, when you think that we never even knew who Cardell Jones was as recently as six weeks ago, to him holding a press conference in his high school, aired nationally on ESPN, just to say he's staying. That's bizarre by any standard. Um, and finally, my low, of the week, low light of the week is simply uh, the Dallas weather. It was, again, cold, never saw the sun, literally never touched my sunglasses during my time in Dallas. So I'm over for 2. Super Bowl four years ago was um, horrific weather. This wasn't that bad. Uh, two years ago was an ice, or four years ago in Dallas was the ice storm for the Super Bowl week. Uh, we've all heard about that one. Uh, this week was just simply cold, real cold. Texas cold, which is different from uh, New England cold. But I survived, and this time I got smart. Took along my North Face jacket and ski hat and gloves, so I was totally prepared and uh, handled it with no problem. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. 
Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacy DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, and A.P., you and I had quite the special weekend out in Dallas, glad you're home safe and sound, as am I, and how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. It was such a fantastic uh, few days out there in Dallas and really enjoyed ourselves, I believe. It was just amazing, truly. Um, you know, the as I said, I think they uh, took media relations to the next level with things like, you know, the apps and the texts and the nonstop uh you know, information that was coming our way. It was impossible to not to be completely on top of things, including during the game. It was just, you know, quarterly statistics, quotes, what have you, just coming fast and furious. It was, again, uh, you know, just made it so easy for the media to just be totally on top of things. And, uh, yeah, just a, a special event, the concerts, uh, that they held the media party, of course, that you and I attended at Gillies was great, and uh, so yeah, quite a weekend to say the least. Yeah, everything ran very smoothly. There was uh, many events planned for the media, and uh, there was total access to the players on meeting day for that one hour. Assistant coaches. Uh, athletic directors, uh, you name it, we got to visit and, and interview all those people from the different universities, and it was really good. It was really good. Uh, so, what did you think of the game itself? You're an expert at game coverage. Uh, uh, love to hear your thoughts on how the game itself played out on the field. Yeah, John, from, uh, just the, the first series that Oregon went down the field, lickety split. We thought, well, maybe they figured out this Ohio State defense, but I, but I believe it was, it's like when you're, you're guarding a point guard and it's very quick and fast. Those first few minutes, it, it, it takes you uh, some time to adjust. 
to the uh, speed, and then once you're able to manage that, then you're able to slow that person down. But that's what it reminded me of when I watched after that first year of the house date. You watch them on, on film, which is one thing, but to play against somebody in person is, is completely different. So you have to have uh, a few minutes to, to uh, calibrate to their speed. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as I said in the first segment, you know, watching a game in person where Oregon's playing was truly a unique and new experience for me. You know, a couple times, you know, the, the play would be completed. And, you know, I'd look down at the program for just a quick second is what it felt like. And I would look up and they would already be running the next play. And it was just incredible. I guess the average was eight seconds between plays. But again, you know, you don't know until you're there. And I've never experienced anything quite like it. You know, I think after, uh, like you, years and years and years of covering football, you know, you, you gain a certain rhythm of, you know, how much time you have between a typical play and all that. Well, that was all out the window on Monday night. Trust me. I, I missed the beginning of uh, a, a number of plays simply because, you know, I'd be looking down uh, at the program or statistics or whatever. And I'd look up and the play would already be in motion. It, w it was a weird feeling, AP, I got to tell you. Yeah, they're, they're probably the gold standard for that type of offense and getting the maximum amount of plays run every game. And they they had some moments early doing it when they dropped some third down passes that really, I believe, changed the outcome and the momentum of the game. Exactly, exactly. So Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you witnessed him in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, where he had a huge game, and he had an even more huge game uh, on Monday night in the national championship. I mean, what a beast of a runner. I mean, he did things I just don't see a lot of runners do. By that, I mean he burst through the line, a couple of moves, or and or bowl a guy or two over. Next thing, he's like crossing the goal line. I've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, John, he's a, he's a good all-around back. I mean, I'm sure there's guys faster, I'm sure there's guys bigger. But he has enough speed, a very good burst, as you said, excellent vision. He runs north to south. He's, he's very strong. He can break tackles. And, John, I guess that was like the third 200-yard game in a row. I mean, I didn't check past Wisconsin. I couldn't move on. I couldn't, you know. But I know he had three straight 200-yard games. And, and, you know, those are big, huge moments. Championship in the Big Ten, semifinal should go against Alabama, and then the championship game against Oregon. He led his team. He, he was the reason, uh, I believe, Ohio State claimed that championship, even though they had outstanding play from the quarterback position as well. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, you know, talking about Cardell Jones, and rightfully so, because, you know, to go from third string obscurity to, you know, quarterbacking a national championship team on a, on a three-game run, which was the Big Ten championship, the first-ever semifinal, the first-ever CFP national championship. You know, it's, again, as I said in the first uh, segment, you can't make this stuff up. But let's make no mistake, the, the, the real star of the three-game run 
clearly with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, just again, an absolutely dominant player. The Ohio State defense also, you know, turned in a, a performance of, for the ages, uh, you know, in the last three games. Let's not forget the Big Ten championship was 59 to nothing, <laughs> you know. And leading up to that game, uh, not a lot of people were giving Ohio State much of a chance of being the fourth team to get in, the last team to get in. Uh, but, you know, that, that game really, 59 nothing gets people's attention in a big way because Wisconsin is a good team with what appeared at that moment in time to be the leading Heisman Trophy candidate in uh, Melvin Gordon. So, again, if you just rewind the clock back to, you know, the moments, you, you know, to before that Big Ten championship game, it's an incredible run for Ohio State. If you chronicle it from that from that moment on, it's just incredible. Yeah, John, the Ohio State that they beat the three um, Heisman Trophy finalists that right in succession, Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper, and the eventual winner, Marcus Mariota. Uh, not only did they beat three fine football teams, but three outstanding players for the year 2014. So it, it, that's a memorable uh, finish for that team. Uh, I don't know if you look back in Buckeye history if anybody's ever had uh, some uh, excellent games to complete the season. Yes, and AP, I was lucky enough to be down on the field uh, we were allowed to go down with five minutes to go in the game. We were escorted out, so I was uh, literally standing right beside the Ohio State end zone uh, for the final couple for the final offensive series of the game, where Ohio State scored to truly put the game away. And it was happening on my side of the field, so I was right there, visible on ESPN TV, uh, standing right there, and. You know, was very fortunate. It's, you know this feeling. It's not often you get to witness college football at its highest level from 15, 20 feet away. It is something to behold, that's for sure. Yeah, the emotion is raw and it's real and it's, it's right in front of you. And you can, it, it is different than watching it on television. And you're able to capture the moment along with those players and coaches and just get a true sense of their exhilaration. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it was interesting because Ohio State, you know, basically had the game won. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, they wanted to put the game away. Nothing wrong with that. They're at the goal line. I don't expect them to go victory formation at that point. Just get the ball in the end zone. But it was as intense in the last minute AP as it was in the first, uh, if not more so, because you had, you know, the extra emotion of Ohio State realizing it was about to, and indeed then did clinch, you know, the national championship. So there was guys literally, like, coming right over to within five, six feet away from me, you know. Uh, when they scored that touchdown, it was just a true moment, a true sports moment by any standard. Uh, and then, you know, I was right there for the pre trophy presentation and just, again, you know, the whole scene, uh, crowdstorming, for lack of a better word, is, uh, you know, to be in the middle of all that is a uh, pretty fascinating experience. Got to be careful, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, 
it is. And John, uh, one point I wanted to bring up, I think maybe the unsung bills really could be the offensive line of Ohio State. There you go. I would agree with that. You're right. You know, Ezekiel Elliott didn't get those 200 yards in what we believe is three straight games uh, without the O-line. And, you know, I was looking at these guys, you know, even after the game, during the game, and they're just massive, especially when I got down on the field and was really able to, like, see them up close. And they are just massive human beings. And, you know, they look like what you think – a Big Ten offensive line is going to look like, like, you know, Midwestern corn-fed guys. They look that part. Yes, and, and they know how to drive block and knock people down and stay with their blocks. And, you know, they pull and they trap and, and run, running the football with Urban Meyer, that's just something that he's always been an essential part of his, his team's. And this Ohio State team was, was you know, employed that offense uh, that he bought from Bowling you know, Green, Utah, Florida, and that's part of their character. They're they're going to run the football. That's their personality. That's in their DNA, and you'll see that all through the time. It was a large coach at Ohio State. Right, you are AP, and I'm glad you mentioned Urban Meyer. He is now a legend. Period. No question. But right now, why don't we take our break? But on the other side, I know you're sticking around with us. Uh, on the other side, I'd like to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer and where this puts him now in the pantheon of both current and former coaches. So uh, let's take our break. and We'll talk a little Urban Meyer on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. 
Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we closed the previous segment talking about Urban Meyer... I said he is now a legend. I believe that to be true. And uh, I had the good fortune of being on the field for the postgame celebration, as I also mentioned in the previous two segments. And, uh, and so I got up close and personal. I was standing right there at the stage, right below the stage, when John Saunders from ESPN was presenting the trophy and Urban Meyer is giving his, uh, you know, enthusiastic comments and then uh later uh maybe 10 minutes later i saw you know urban meyer with clearly well number one with phil knight from nike which was interesting phil knight of course being uh perhaps the creator of the oregon football program as we know it today uh he's the of course the legendary nike founder and but he was clear urban meyer was clearly with family and it was just you know uh, family and friends, and so I was just a few feet away, able to witness his genuine, uh, genuinely being awestruck was, was, I guess, my interpretation of how he felt, how he looked. He was just looking around, and people were hugging him. You know, so, a long-winded way of saying, you know, he's now, uh, is he, am I correct, is he now alone with Saban as the only coach to win two to win national championships at two different schools is that correct that's that's what i understand john sure is the only two all right and then they're placed now behind uh i guess what newt rockney uh frank Leahy, and uh you know a couple of the other uh legends but they're they're in i believe the top five ever you know They've each won three, and I each I mean Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. So they're clearly the the gold standard of current college coaches by far. No one would argue that point. I don't think. Yeah, and I think it's I mean, it's unique that they went to two different schools. They had two different schools, so that puts them in a special category. And uh, some of those coaches you mentioned, I'm sure they could have went to other schools and won uh, championships, but. In the modern era of football, sometimes that's the that's the journey that they have to take. You can only stay so long, and you you got to move on. Well, exactly, and uh, you know, and the the best part of it all is that you know they face each other. They faced each other a mere couple weeks ago, New Year's Day, in the Sugar Bowl to decide who would get to this first ever national championship game. Additionally, they faced each other previously when. Urban was at Florida and Alabama, and uh, Florida played in some SEC title games and whatnot. And you know, one of the interesting coincidences to me is, you know, it's easy, it's easy to forget that you know Meyer's now a Big Ten coach who has brought 
I feel the SEC speed and style into the Big Ten. And Nick Saban used to be the Michigan State coach, so he knows a little about Big Ten football too. So their careers have some interesting parallels. But, you know, for the time being, I mean, Urban Meyer is just uh, on a roll. He's an Ohio native from Astabula. And, uh, you know, you just have to hand it to him, as he said a couple weeks back. They're ahead of schedule. He didn't think they were going to be that good till next year. And now all of a sudden they're national championships. So uh, I think college football is going to be fun. And I got the feeling it's going to be between Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. Uh, I, I think we're gonna, they're going to meet again in the college football playoffs in the very near future. I would think there's a likelihood of those two meeting again. And like you say, one was uh, familiar with the Big Ten before he went south, and the other one was familiar with the, the south uh, before he returned to the Big Ten because you know, Urban Meyer was at Ohio State as a young coach in the mid-'80s. So he will, his travel south, he learned a little bit more to add to his repertoire and, and constructing a team. So it helped him out, and he's sitting at the top of the world, college football world now. I know. It's amazing. And speaking on top of the college football world, I stayed across the street from the Ohio State Team Hotel, which meant their fans. It was the Hilton Anatole in Dallas, which is a massive hotel slash complex slash atrium. So I spent a lot of time over there uh, just soaking up Buckeye flavor. I mean, Buckeye Nation travels like uh, no team I've ever seen, and I've seen Penn State travel to the Rose Bowl and whatnot, so I, I know a little bit about what it looks like, but I've never seen anything like this. Uh, thousands of fans. I was there. I went over Friday night when the team arrived at the hotel at about 6 p.m. That was awesome. I went over on Monday night after the game when the team arrived at the hotel, newly crowned national champions. And I spent a lot of time there in the, me in the meantime. That's where I went to watch the NFL playoff games. They had a great sports, uh, sports bar restaurant to watch the games at. Uh, you, you know, completely uh, surrounded by 100% Ohio State fans. Uh, again, it was the team hotel. So Buckeye Nation, I mean, I, I know you you know a lot about, you know, what teams travel well. You've seen Alabama on the road. Uh, it's fun. It's a really, really fun atmosphere to see that excitement, to say the least. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to see some former classmates and probably teammates of some of the players, Ohio State players were there in years past. And, you know, it becomes a family event. You're bringing your children so they can get entrenched in the tradition of going to bowl games and rooting for Ohio State. So, yeah, you know they were going to have a big following. And, and I was also impressed with the Oregon folks as well. They they showed out. And, and some of the events I attended, there was a lot of green and white as well as the uh, the scholar and gray. Yeah, and this is by no means meant to slight Oregon. Oregon had a tremendous presence all weekend long in town. And you can't miss those folks and their green and their gold. Uh, fluorescent green, I might add. And you you mentioned former players. I mean, I had the pleasure a few hours before kickoff 
to meet Eddie George. Had a nice conversation with him. Legendary Buckeye running back. Uh, also, after the game, back at the hotel, I met Tim Spencer, whose son is a member of Ohio State's game. Uh, Tim Spencer was a Buckeye player and is now the running backs coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that was great. And you were so right. I mean, you know, Archie Griffin, people like that were just around. And, you know, a lot of legendary Buckeyes running around out there. And, uh, you know, they were there in force. So uh, it's fun to see. Now, let me ask you, you were at the Sugar Bowl. What was, uh, you know, what was it like in New Orleans with, you know, not only Buckeye Nation, obviously, but... Bama Nation, who you know well. Yeah, it was great because uh, those two teams had not met since the Citrus Bowl in January 95, and you know, the Alabama people are not very far from New Orleans, and they love visiting that city, and uh, you know, to spend New Year's Eve you know, right down on the body there is, is a great situation for the Alabama people and the Ohio State people. You know, the streets were mobbed and everybody's having a good time. And it's just like you, you know, witnessed a, a home game except it's on the road in New Orleans. Yeah, and I found myself, you know, when I was at the Ohio State team hotel, not to mention the game, and just all weekend long, I did find myself <clears throat> wondering, you know, imagining Buckeye Nation on Bourbon Street for New Year's Eve, the night before the first ever college football playoff semifinal. I mean, I just had this vision and knowing as through you and geography, how, you know, how many Alabama fans also had to be there, given their passion, the distance, the game, you know, all of it. It just must have been, uh, you know, off the charts because what I saw, you know, in a cold Dallas non-New Year's atmosphere was special. It was off the charts. Hadn't It was, uh, again, among the best I've ever seen, for sure. Yeah, New Orleans, John, of course, you have that central location on Bourbon Street, so everyone congregates. It's kind of a unique, <clears throat> unique opportunity to see the fans of both teams uh, roaming the streets, whereas in, in Dallas, you know, it's a little more spread out, and uh, people could be anywhere. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, luckily for us, we were, uh, you know, in Dallas. You, For you, you were in New Orleans, and uh, hard to believe it's over, but why don't we take our break now? But on the other side, let's uh, give it a minute or two and, and you know, and just talk about uh, what the college football landscape looks like for next year. I can't get enough of it. Like, I don't want to let it go. It's been so much fun. That, uh, you know, I'd like to, again, have a, a little conversation about, uh, you know, what it looks like heading into next year. So let's take our break. We'll do that on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, I'd like to say that my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing are the two NFL Conference Championship games on Sunday. Uh, as I've said often, uh, my, favorite, uh, my favorite sports day of the year is that is conference Championship day in the NFL when the two teams who are going to meet in the Super Bowl are decided. I just love it. It's not as many games as last weekend, four divisional games Saturday and Sunday, which are great. Uh, But, you know, to me, the conference title game is the best day in sports. I think last weekend may be the best weekend in sports. But, uh, so, Sunday, afternoon and evening. NFL conference title games and AP. We have breaking news. Wow, I am. Uh, let me qualify by saying I grew up in the shadow of Beaver Stadium, Penn State, and I'm looking at ESPN and Penn State's and Joe Paterno's vacated wins have just been restored by the NCAA. I'm stunned. I had heard this rumored. I wasn't expecting it to come so quickly, uh, but it's over. They've been restored and. I guess that puts Joe Paterno back as the leading, the most wins in college football history. Is that correct? 
You, you yes. might know that. Yes, it does. It does. Did you know this? Um, I had seen it in the last 10 minutes or so. Okay. Coming up on, on Twitter. I, I was just saw it now. I, I literally just looked up from during the break, and there it was. Holy cow. Well, I guess it's appropriate since we were talking about uh, college football, college football coaches, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, and uh, wow, I'm just nearly in shock. It's always fun when we get to have uh, breaking news on our weekly show, and uh, again, I had heard this rumored, but and I, I just never thought it would happen like this quickly. I always I thought it was really going to get dragged out, so... Wrong again, but this time I'm really glad I'm wrong. Uh, wow, that's that, that's significant. And uh, but AP, you know, what? It's a good. I'd say that's a good point to look ahead to next year. You know, what are you seeing? Uh, what are your big picture thoughts on how the year ended? Just completed this week at end in Dallas Monday night, and then what's your thoughts looking ahead to next year? Just big picture thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, first I'd like to say that I think the SEC now is on the uh, even keel with the other conferences, I believe. I think all that goodwill that was earned through the last 10 years or so has evaporated with this bowl, all the bowl outcomes. And the top teams in the West, you know, got beat up, LSU and uh, Alabama and Auburn, and uh, so I, I just think that right now it's it's a toss up when you go into the room next season, and the selection committee is going to be making a decision. I don't think the FEC will get the benefit of the doubt as they have in the past. You you can't erase seven championships in a row, but in this day and age, where uh, two years, I mean, that's another lifetime to most people. So I, I like to say that right now that, you know, the big 10, they, they fared well, uh, you know, Wisconsin beat Auburn, Michigan state came back to beat Baylor right down in Texas. And then Ohio state, they beat Alabama. Uh, and they also dominated the PAC 12. So, uh, I, I think if anybody has the edge, it would be the big 10. Exactly. Um, that would be my final big picture thought for this year. AP would be, you know, the, uh, by the end of the year, the SEC dropped a notch in the Big Ten, which has been a punching bag for a couple of years now, uh, moved up a notch. So, you know, the gap lessened uh, in the span of really, you know, a couple of weeks, which is i.e. bowl season. And, uh, you know, Pretty dramatically, actually. So, looking ahead to next year, um, you know, the Ohio State quarterback situation is already being super analyzed. Uh, Cardell Jones, you know, news conference to announce he's coming back. Again, keep in mind, six weeks ago, nobody knew his name. Yesterday, he's holding a news conference to basically announce no change in his life. Um, You know, Braxton Miller, Heisman Trophy, Leading Heisman Trophy candidate coming into the season before he's injured, JT Barrett takes over. He becomes, uh, you know, a Heisman Trophy candidate himself based on his performance. So, 
We have the Ohio State situation. Uh, they got a plethora of quarterbacks. I know you cover Alabama. Obviously, they were in the Final Four, and their quarterback, Blake Sims, is gone. So what's your big-picture look? Uh, you know, Alabama will be in the hunt. They're highly ranked again in, the, in some polls that have already come out. Uh, what's your thought on the Alabama QB situation heading into next year? I think right now, John, I mean, Jacob Cooper is the only one who's thrown the pass uh, in the, uh, this season other than Blake Sims. So he should have a slight advantage. But I believe Nick Saban will have that position wide open and be competition uh, from all the different quarterbacks. And they'll have... Uh, you know, three or four of the people that have been in the wings, and now they're going to get their chance because uh, somebody like Blake Sims won't get the majority of repetition, but you know, in the reps. So you, you could look at somebody like Cooper Bateman from Utah. Uh, is another guy uh, who, who played right near the high school there in Dallas. Uh, Alec Alec Morris. He he's at Allen High School. And, you know, he could get a shot. And also they got a freshman coming in from uh, California, Blake Barnett, that people are talking about. But I, I would highly – I don't think I'd see a quarterback, a freshman quarterback coming in starting in Alabama. And then there's a, another uh, quarterback from Norman, Oklahoma, who's been there this past year, David Cornwell. So there are a number of candidates. And, John, uh, this time last year, if I said Blake Simmons was going to be the starter, uh, that would have been the biggest surprise to anybody. So, I, you know, you can't say with certainty uh, who'll be the starter, but it will be wide open. Absolutely. Who are the other teams that are, uh, you know, going to be maybe uh, making their presence felt this year in the polls? Uh, any SEC teams looking to really uh, uh, raise their profile this year? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that that Auburn's got to be better next year. And, uh, I mean, if they had just played a little defense, it would have changed the outcomes uh, this season. So you have Will Muschamp. He'll, he'll, he'll get the most out of his talent uh, that he had at Auburn. So, you know, that eight and, ended up with an 8-5 record and just were defenseless most of the time. So, and, you know, Gus Malzahn, his offense could always score points. So I would say they would be, look for them to be better. And, uh, you know, Michigan State has been good through these couple of years here. I would, you know, think they're going to play better in the bigger games because defense has their forte, but when they had to play in these bigger games, uh, their defense really didn't show up. So maybe that's something that could happen for them. Uh, You know, their quarterback returns kind of could. Um, So, I look at Michigan State. Uh, of course, Ohio State. You know, you got three quarterbacks to choose from. If you have two to choose from, you're lucky to have three. You know, and right. um, then you look at TCU. Their quarterback returns. And, you know, I'm always looking at these quarterbacks, John, because they're handling the ball and every snap primarily. So, if they have good leadership for that position, you have a good chance to win games. So, I say TCU and then and uh, Baylor. I don't know about Baylor. They got a you know Bryce Petty's going to. Uh, move on to the next level. So I don't know what's going to happen with them. And then Oregon, of course, they're going to have to have a new quarterback. And 
I think defensively, John, I'm still not sold on them, even though they, you know, had all those turnovers and were successful against Florida State. Right. And uh, just as we close here under a minute, a lot of uh, speculation that Chip Kelly might move up in the draft to take Marcus Mariota, who recruited and started when he was a freshman, but... This is the beauty of sports. This will be fun during the offseason. It's already started, AP. It doesn't take long. But once again, thank you for all your insight during this particular college football season. I'd say you and I were uh, on the scene, and it was memorable, to put it mildly. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed our time in Dallas. and look forward to it the next time. Absolutely. Always good when we get together face-to-face, and we certainly did in Dallas. And, uh... You know, college football season may be over, but plenty of uh, great stuff coming up, including college basketball season. So we'll look forward to doing that. And uh, once again, thank you for your expertise and uh, appreciate it, as always. Thank you, John. My pleasure. All right, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.